This reminds me of my first experience in radio was back in the early 80s. People with disability and mental health. There's always controversy with us. The mysteries of the mind and consciousness. And we might get to the bottom of something or we might start something new. We're going to run the gamut and we're going to have a good time. Waking Braves. No, not Waking Braves. We're Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves? Breaking Waves. Breaking Breaking Waves. Good evening, folks. You are listening to Breaking Waves. I am Riley. And I'm John. And today we're going to be talking about telephones. That's right, folks. Telephones have changed a lot over the years. Now everyone carries around a phone in their pocket that's actually a computer. It's a smartphone. And these things have, of course, impacted our lives in so many ways. So that's just some of what we're going to be covering today. And to kick things off, let's start with some telephone-related music. What do we got, Riley? Well, first up, we'll have a track from Flock of Seagulls. Okay. Flock of Seagulls. I don't remember that one, Riley. Well, I thought it was fitting because it's called telecommunication. Perfect. So the first patent of the telephone was given to Alexander Graham Bell in 
1876. John, you were around then, weren't you? You can <laughs> tell us about... Uh... Well, telephones have been around for a really long time. I haven't been around quite that long. But um, as is often the case, uh, there are claims to the invention of the telephone before this time. In fact, a Frenchman named Charles uh, Basile... Uh, invented a telephone-like device in 1849 um, and it didn't really change much uh, for a very long time. I, I don't think it really telephones uh, came into common usage probably till the, the early 1900s um, when I guess manufacturing and the infrastructure and all the lines were put in place and it was kind of practical for everybody to have a phone in their home and how that must have changed the way people communicated, what do you reckon? Yeah, that's right. I reckon it would have been really annoying for the kinds of people that like to live reclusively, you know, it would have been so much easier to avoid people back in the days of... uh, Smoke signals and carrier pigeons. Uh, banging those logs That's to it. communicate. Whereas now your home is being invaded by this cacophonous ring and your mother's calling you every other night, you know, asking how you're going. It just would have been a nightmare. Quite an adjustment. Indeed. And the uh, the format of the phone was the same for a very long time. It had like a... a, a a rotary dial on it. it used to dial a number and it would go bip 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 instead of beep boop 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 the way it does now with our tone dialing. Um, in fact, when I was a kid, uh, that's what phones were like. <laughs> they had, and I can remember when the this the t- the tone dialing came in, there was used to be a switch on the back that would change the operation of the phone. That was probably not till the uh, 70s, I believe, that uh, pulse dialing came in. Uh, and that didn't really change much for people, except it made dialing a little bit quicker. With uh, those phones with the with the rotary dial, with that circular, you know, kind of dial, I've actually used to use one of them growing up because the family that lived next door to us they had one of those, and it it was amazing. It was like this. What is it? This relic from a bygone era. Yeah, made of that still... black Bakelite and it looked like you were in like a 40s... Uh... An old movie. Yeah, yeah, black and white film or something. Yeah. And of course, I'm too young to remember the days of Operator, please. Was that going on when you were a kid, John? Yeah, absolutely. There was international uh, phone calls available, but it was a real um, rigmarole. And I actually don't remember ever speaking to anybody overseas. <laughs> making a, And even uh, long-distance calls were... Uh, not as simple as uh, now, you didn't just dial a number, you actually had to book an international call for a certain time and then it was facilitated by these uh, army of operators that manned the switching stations and you know, actually plugged uh, jacks in to make the connections. So it required quite a lot of human effort. Um, Whereas now it's uh, it's all digital. Well, as technology rolled on and uh, we moved from valves for uh, vacuum tubes, for amplifiers, to transistors. They were able to make uh, switching networks um, that were effective, efficient, small, and they started to phase out the human element of the telephone system. And now it's totally automated. It's all computerized. Yeah. 
Um, but there have been a lot of other changes between uh, the time of the old school telephone and what we call a telephone now. In fact, um, there are probably people who uh, now who don't even realise that uh, the telephone system used to run on copper wires in the ground. Yeah, that's right. Um, it wasn't that long ago that uh, that change was made because um, landline phones. Um, you know, when I was growing up, um, everyone had a landline, and they yeah, sort of, you needed it for your fax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the eighties. Yeah, these but these things um, they kick around. You know, they die off slowly. Um, so, John, what were um, what were mobile phones or cellular phones if you're in America? What were they like when when you were um, a young fella? Well, I can remember when they first appeared in the mid '80s. Um, there were they were basically bulky and big. They hadn't miniaturized them uh, to the state they're at at the moment, and you could lug them around, but they were as big as a small suitcase with a big aerial on it and like this coiled handset that came off. It's sort of like something out of a war movie, you know, like a <laughs> field radio or something like that. Um, quite bulky, and it was mainly cars. Those rich right. dudes with cars had mobile phones, and you notice in a lot of old movies, that's when they first pop up. Is, car phones, yeah. Yeah, car phones. Then, uh, So did the car phones have a cord on them? Uh, yeah. yeah, they did. They yeah. had a coily cord going down to a cradle in the middle of the car and, you know, and mm. a huge aerial on the roof. So there would have been a time when more people had car phones... As opposed to mobile phones, like you know that you carry around on your yeah, person. there really yeah. weren't any mobile phones uh, when they first came out. But then um, Motorola invented the uh, uh, now what was it called? It was the brick. We used to call it the brick phone, um, and it was a, a wearable device. You couldn't really put it in your pocket. It was too big. But I had one. I got one in about 1987. And um, back then, the, the term yuppie was quite popular. And Were you a yuppie, John? <laughs> hardly. <laughs> they were young, um, upwardly mobile, um, urban folk. Uh, I don't know what we call I don't think people use the word yuppie anymore. No, no. But um, They've sort of evolved into... I, I guess there's not enough uh, upper middle class people anymore for yuppies to exist. Like, they've just destroyed the middle class to a point when, like, I guess the closest thing would be like a hipster now. Well, it was kind of a real status symbol. And, um, you know, to see people walking around talking, you know, seemingly talk. I mean, it's normal these days yeah, to have yeah. people chattering themselves all the time. It was very strange back then. <laughs> and it was kind of like a bit of a status symbol if you could afford to have that or if you had the need for it. And really, I, I guess business was the thing that drove that more than just... Um, uh, socialising because mm. they were so expensive um, they were a bit more expensive than they are now relatively speaking um, but uh, they got small fairly quick and they went to, oh actually Motorola brought out, brought, out, brought out that cute little micro-tack thing with the aerial that pulled out and it was kind of like a it folded out and you could put it in your pocket and it was small and they were really expensive they were like about five grand or something like that but um and it kind of just mushroomed after that. Um, we had the, the clams and we had that classic little Nokia that everybody had. This is before um, these phones were what we would call smartphones now. 
they basically let you uh, talk, uh, dial anyone um, through the advancement in the exchanges. You could dial anyone in the country or um, overseas or send a text, basically. But they had very limited capability as a computer, which is, um, have we said, that's what yeah. uh, mobiles are now. The smartphones are actually a fully-fledged uh, computer with phone capability. And even the idea of a uh, telephone call has changed now. Um, As I said before, it used to go down a copper wire and now it gets chopped up into little packets and sprayed onto the internet uh, where each little packet has a different way to its destination where it all gets assembled in the end, just like all the other stuff that goes via the internet. And the internet was um, is integral to the modern smartphone, and it was actually a, a piece of technology that was uh, proposed and developed developed by uh, DARPA, the American uh, Defense uh, Research Agency. Um, and the reason touted for the development of that uh, technology was the need for a decentralized communication system. Um, because of their strategic defense network. Um, you know, after the war, uh, America had uh, nuclear silos and rockets all over the place, and they were using telephones <laughs> to, to communicate. And um, this is uh, strategically a, a huge problem um, because the telephone networks were operated via exchanges, and if you blew the exchange up, <laughs> you took out the... Uh, defense network. So this was kind of a big problem. And um, there was, however, another fundamental reason why they um, decided to develop this system, and that was the um, the area of psychology and the effect that it would have on human relationships and uh, how it would affect our societies and our culture. And it certainly has... <laughs> It certainly has impacted nearly um, every area you can think of. Um, mm. And now, the for most people, the internet is synonymous with the phone. A lot of people don't have computers. And, um, uh, of course, it was the, the internet was the domain of the uh, personal computer for a couple of decades till these uh, modern smartphones appeared. So, Riley... What's your memories of uh, telephone systems when you were young? Were there... When was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, my first kind of... Um, of course, I grew up with... Would dial up internet and uh, with landline phones. Um, but the first kind of mobile phones that I really remember, this one was a little boy around like 2002, 2003, 2004. Um, I remember it was a height of um, status and uh, advanced tech- seeming technology to have those flip-top phones. And I remember it was portrayed in like the Hollywood movies. You'd get some kind of, um, you know, hot shot Hollywood executive or something flipping open this phone and and saying hello and of course only a few years down the line those things would look ridiculous but um at the time uh they were looked so flash and everything and and then um a bit later than that more around the sort of late 2000s it was another sort of 
more weird kind of status symbol to have those earpiece things. And um, you remember that? You'd see the people... Right, you see the promoter or the, the like movie guy who's doing deals on the phone and he's pacing around a yeah. room with this thing kind of attached to his head. That's right. <laughs> um, I remember uh, one of the first episodes of Breaking Bad, they had Walter do this, the main character do this act of vigilantism against this guy simply for being rude. And one of the th- sort of symbols to denote that he was a rude, unpleasant person was the fact that he had one of those earpiece devices, which, of course, now are not uncommon because everyone has, like, Bluetooth... Um, well, not everyone, but many people have the Bluetooth uh, wireless um Yeah, the wireless earbuds everywhere. So the wireless thing is a real... Are we are we ready for that now, John, or do we, should we cover more history before we get to... To going into wi- Wi-Fi and these kind of things because that really leads us into like smartphones. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess that's part of the, the technology infrastructure that had to be there for the smartphone to work. Now, just stepping back mm. historically, just a few steps. Uh, Apple introduced a device called a Newton in about 1993, and it was touted to be everything that the smartphone is today. Um, and they sold them for quite a few years. Actually, it was a disaster. They killed the whole idea because they put such uh, uh, terrible batteries in them, and the batteries failed. But um, in retrospect, uh, the infrastructure of the internet didn't have the capability to support um, what we now know as uh, all the streaming services and um, technologies that are available on smartphones. Folks, you're listening to Breaking Waves right now, and we're going to have another British 80s synth pop interlude with ELO, Telephone Lion.
That was ELO with Telephone Line, actually a 1977 song, so there you go. Um, So you're listening to Breaking Waves, and we're doing a show about smartphones, or at least it seems like we're introducing that. And uh, from my memory, Wi-Fi became commonplace in people's homes in the late 2000s, early 2010s. That's definitely the time that we got it. And before that, you know, we had dial-up. We had those computers that would make that <laughs> sound, you know, when you'd get near the uh, speakers and that. Yeah, it made a screeching sound like a fax machine. That's right. And um, it was very slow. And certainly yeah. you could, there was no video or anything like back then. Um, uh, Wi-Fi was really not um, commonplace in, in homes uh, because of the pricing in this country, uh, we were a bit slow to take it on. But um, after the dial-up uh, phase came ADSL, and that's kind of when uh, speeds started to increase, the prices started to drop. And all of a sudden, um, you know, I was actually working in IT back in the uh, early 2000s, and it was mainly businesses I worked for. And even in those businesses, I was setting up networks, but they weren't wireless. Um, It was all plugged together with Ethernet. And um, so, yeah, the wireless thing was uh, around the time you stated. um, That was the time when the family network sort of became uh, uh, common. And this coincides with um, people getting smartphones as well smartphones iPads I remember they were really huge in the early 2000s as well Um, so there's this big uptake and this also coincides with the Facebook thing as well now I had um, MySpace when I was in primary school but it seemed like with Facebook because MySpace was you know it wasn't like everyone had a MySpace it was used by a lot of um, 
musicians, you know, people to in bands like promote their their music and that kind of thing. Yeah, and but, um, MySpace was it was really a computer thing. Uh, that's not right. Not so much a phone. There weren't really, you know, it started before there before was smartphones. Before the app culture and all that yeah, stuff. Well, yeah, well, it's when everyone was using clams, clam yeah. phones, and it was really just uh, text and um, and speech, and there was very little other kind of um, capability of phones besides, you know, calendars and diaries and stuff. But uh, as far as online activity goes, yeah, uh, that all changed when we all got these. Uh, flat pieces of uh, glass mm-hmm. in our pocket. Yes, I'm old enough to remember when young people would be messaging each other on MSN Messenger as opposed to like Facebook. But anyway, um, so Facebook becomes a thing that uh, that everyone has in the sort of early 2010s and. Uh, it was around the time that Social Network movie came out as well. I actually uh, got a Facebook account in 2007. There you go. So you're ahead of the curb. Yeah. It was around. It uh, certainly was around in America big time. And it started off, um, of course, Zuckerberg was a university student and he supposedly, allegedly, <laughs> developed this software uh, for the socialising within that uh, particular university and it was so successful it became what it is now. So the story goes. Yeah, um, and this the thing that I think is really interesting about this era, so we're looking at like 13 years ago, let's say, 13 to 14 years ago, is that there's this big uptake in um, people being becoming more technologically advanced, at least in terms of what they're using, because we've got suddenly everyone um, is getting on social media, like everyone has a smartphone, like even my, uh, my grandma started using Facebook, you know, on her, um, on her iPad and everything. And so suddenly, yeah, everyone's using these amazing devices but the question that we're going to pose to you guys and that we're going to get into more deeply next week is are the average Joe citizens, Jane Doe's and John Doe's, are they using this technology or are they in fact being used? Yeah, and how uh, this technology has changed um, almost uh, every aspect of our lives, um, not only our communications but our entertainment and how we work. How we relate um, to other people. Yeah, wh- where we access um, facts and information. Uh, I used to go to the library uh, when I was young. I used to hang out at a lot of libraries. and I spent a lot of time in universities uh, that I wasn't enrolled in because that was where the books were. One of the ways that I've heard you describe it, John, is as like a Dick Tracy device um, in our pockets, which I really like. Yeah, it was science fiction. <laughs> it's like these little flying helicopters. I remember when I was a kid dreaming about having a little plane or a helicopter I could fly around my room, and that was total fantasy, and now you can buy one for $30. And it's the same with the Dick Tracy communicator. I mean, we've all got one. Yeah. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of the show. And we will be back next week digging deeper into the psychological and social and societal implications of this technology. But we hope you've enjoyed the program. I've been Riley. And I'm John. 
and we'll see you next week. Sayonara, folks.